You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents Chalk Talk. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Thursday edition of Chalk Talk here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It is Thursday, April 4th, 2019. I am Renee Canales, joining the studio by our producer, Big Mike Rifkin. Phone number to call if you want to join the conversation today is 631-676-2968. That's 631-676-2968. Big Mike, welcome back. Thank you, sir. It's lovely to have you in the studio today. Lovely to be here. <clears throat> you missed a pretty good one yesterday, man. Did I? You did. It was a pretty, pretty interesting conversation that we had. I, I heard the Bryce Harper yes. return to D.C. debate. Yes, yes. I was with Jimmy on that. Really? Yeah. Why? Since was, it might as well. I think because it's a fair – if he didn't go somewhere else in the NL East – like, if he went to the Dodgers or the Giants, I think there would have been some sort of applause. But because it's in division. Which is why I'm fine with the booing. Yeah. I'm fine with that. But in the fir- in that first at-bat, the moment he steps out of the dugout, give him an applause. He didn't do anything wrong. Oh, I, he, I didn't say he, he did. Ch- I mean, yeah, he chased the money. He, got, he, he went where he the most paid. money was. He got paid. But he spent nine years with the organization taking, taking you to the playoffs. Obviously, you didn't get to the World Series or anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. But he still was a big component of that team. Oh, of course he was. Which is why he first at bat, the first at bat, nice yeah. little applause. Second at bat, boo the shit at him. I don't care. Yeah. After that bat flip, put him on posters and you know oh, the, go the, for his head. I bat, don't care. Bat flip the wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, disrespect the disrespectfulness, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but with that being said, oh, uh, we're gonna start with baseball today. Uh, we're just gonna take a look. Around the majors, uh, we got a few games going on. Um, one here in the big city in, in Queens, we got the New York Mets in their home opener against the Washington Nationals, down one nothing right now. End of three, going into the fourth. Noah Syndergaard going up against Steven Strasburg for the second time in a week. Correct. Yeah, living up to what the first game should have been. <laughs> yeah, this oh, one's sure. actually. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so far so good. I mean, yeah, the Mets are down one nothing, but error. You know, an error costing them a run, but. Um, it's it, so far so good. It's a pitcher's duel. Yeah, is what we would say. We got the Kansas City Royals, um, going up against the Detroit Tigers. Bottom of the third, two two in that one. Uh, the Tigers coming off a series win against the New York Yankees in the Bronx. Uh, ended yesterday. Uh, with the Yankees losing the uh, rubber match of that uh series. Um. And then every other game starts after that. Uh, we got the Yankees going up today, 3.05 start in Baltimore, home opener for the Baltimore Orioles. Let's see if the Yankees can right the ship here a little bit, or this early season slump that they're going through. Um, and that's where I want to start off because uh, we've made a big stink of, uh, you know, about the injuries that the Yankees have been going through. And, mm-hmm. you know, we even heard Gary Cohen <laughs> take a little <laughs> dig at Big Bro. Um, I don't think it was a dig. It was a little bit of a dig, a little bit. I mean, it was I, funny. It was, it was funny. It, it was still it, fast. It, it was it was funny. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It, it was mm-hmm. it was pretty funny, but it's it's it seems like it's a never ending roller coaster ride right now. Welcome to my world, Troy Tulowitzki. Last night, well, yesterday afternoon, 
in the uh, rubber match against the Detroit Tigers, taken out in the third inning because of a calf strain, a left calf strain, I believe it was. So he's now on the injured list uh, for 10 days. At least. At least 10 days. Absolutely. At least 10 days. Um, This is tough. Starting to mount. Starting to, yes, starting to mount is probably the correct term. Um, they called up their number uh, number nineteen prospect Tyro Tyro Estrada. I didn't want to get his name right. Uh, cor- uh, incorrect. Excuse me. I didn't want to get his name incorrect. Tyro Estrada is how I'm going to pronounce it. Okay. Uh, shortstop, second baseman in the minor leagues. He has been promoted up to the big league roster to replace Troy Tulowitzki in the lineup. So he's gonna walk right in and play short. Uh, I mean, it, well, it, yeah. I mean, the Yankees need. I mean, the only other thing you could have done, move, you're probably gonna move Glaber to 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 short and put Wade at second. Put Wade at second, DJ LeMahieu at third, and you could have recalled maybe a pitcher. And then this guy Estrada is probably going to be Ronald Torres. Ronald, Torres, yeah. Best way to put it. Um, and then you're probably gonna keep running. I, I would say there. I mean, well. Brett Gardner is probably going to go into center field today uh, after having the day off yesterday mm-hmm. um, and probably going with Clint Frazier, I want to say, over in left field. Uh, I'm pretty sure they, the Yankees have put out their lineup well, game considering that the fact. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here we go. We got it. Yeah, we're actually not bad. Not far, not far away All from right, the so truth. Gardner's leading we off. We got Gardner leading off playing center field, Aaron Judge. Playing right, batting second. Luke Voigt, the DH today, batting third. Gary Sanchez batting cleanup and behind the plate. Greg Bird playing first base. He's batting fifth. DJ LeMahieu playing third, batting sixth. Labor Torres back to the bottom of the order. He's batting seventh, playing short. Clint Frazier in left field, batting eighth. And Tyler Wade playing second base, batting ninth. James Paxton on the mound for the New York Yankees, looking for his first win of the year. Um, so big Mike, you, you tell me because it's, should I be more concerned? Should I be more up in arms with these, with the, the way these injuries are occurring and how, if, if you're looking at it from, you know, a, a fan's point of view, Mm -hmm. the world's imploding, right? Your season is imploding. No. Should I, should I should I be more concerned, or, or should I, or should I just keep it the way I am? It's still early enough where the Yankees can actually get through these injuries and still, obviously, be there at the end of the day, winning the division, going to the World Series, winning the World Series. It's six games, so you never. Of I, I would never want to push the panic b- button on six games. However, I'm a little concerned with the injuries, but if. It's just 10 days for Tulowitzki, or it's two weeks, whatever it's going to be. It is a calf. Calf strains are pretty tough. Any right. calf injury is pretty but, tough. But if he's back, say, May 1st. End of April, May. End of April, May. I'm not concerned. Plus, Troy Tulowitzki's not the guy. Well, that's what mm-hmm. I was just about to say. Troy Tulowitzki, you weren't necessarily you were counting hoping. on him being right. an everyday player anyways. I would be more concerned if there was a setback on either CC or Severino. Well, CC Because those are the guys you're counting on. Well, CC is expected to join the rotation next week. 
Okay, that's good news. Uh, according to Aaron Boone, everything's fine. He should be up after his suspension is over. Oh, he's still suspended yeah. from the Raisins um, last year? Well, I think his suspension is actually up today. Today would be his last day of the suspension, I think it is. Um, he's still probably got to throw some bullpen. Yeah, and he's still got to throw some bullpen. So he's he's going to apparently join the big league roster um, next week. So that's good news on, on CC Sabathia. We haven't heard much about Luis Severino lately. Mm-hmm. He's probably still going through the um, – the therapy and, and they uh, probably don't want to. They don't want to rush anything. him. Yeah. Still haven't heard much on Dylan Betances either. Um, the bullpen, I think, is the one area where this team can really survive. Yeah, but we brought it up yesterday. Chapman hasn't looked the same. Chapman has not been his flame throwing self. Well, to say the least, it's early in the season and. We've known Chapman to sort of be a, a relatively slow starter. Well, th- this was a point I was making with Jimmy a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about guy on the mound for the Mets, Noah Syndergaard, and mm-hmm. comparing him with a guy like Verlander who throws 92-93 most days, you know, but he can amp it to 96-97 when he needs it. I think with a guy like Chapman who only throws an inning or so and he, he throws as hard as he does – it does take some wear and tear on the shoulder, but I think if you ease him in where he's throwing, what's he at, 93, 94? Nine, yeah, 93, 94. At some point, he's going to get it back. You know. Oh, that. no, for sure, but that's a, that's a, if you're looking at it realistically, oh, yeah, that's a, that's six a mile, seven, six eight seven. mile per hour yeah. di- dip in his velocity on his fastball. That, that, that's, well, that's where that, can bre- be con- that can be concerning, though. That, that's where his breaking ball is going to have to come into play. Oh, yeah, Wh- which, he, which he has really worked on the last yeah. few years, and mm-hmm. it's actually become his- a, a, a go-to pitch for him mm-hmm. when his fastball is not working. But a decrease of that amount in your velocity off of it's- your fastball is absolutely concerning. And his contract, too. Don't forget he well, signed he, the yeah, four-year sign- contract. A big, a big contract, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... It's a little concerning, but they do have the depth. They have a Zach Britton. There. And Adam Ottavino has been lights out for this team so far. Yeah, I know. I heard he struck out Babe Ruth yeah. at one point. Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> not many can say that. Yeah, not many. But, yeah, he's been lights out, which has been good. Chad Green's had an iffy start. He's also sort of been known to relatively start off kind of slow, sluggish, kind of slow. So, I mean, I'm not on the bridge yet. All right, all right. If I but, scaled it one to ten, what's the number you're panic at? meter? Yeah. For for me as an outsider, I'm at five. About, okay, all right. I was about four or five. Sure, that's fine. Because of the fact that it's still six games in. Yeah. Going to seven today. Oh, let me say this though. I don't know if there's a so-called must-win series in April. Oh, the, oh this one. Th- is. This one this in one. Baltimore. If you lose three consecutive series to the Orioles, to the, and two the to the Orioles and one to the Tigers, um, the way I'm going to say it, you're in deep shit. Yeah, not the. Start it's not the start that you ne- that you desperately wanted to get off on. Because you needed to come out and you needed to win these these opening series in April. Because of the fact that it's such it's such a a bottom heavy schedule in it, the sense of you're battling teams, you're playing teams who aren't, good. who aren't good, who aren't supposed to be good. Let me read you the the, the lineup for the the Baltimore Orioles. Jonathan VR, 
Okay. Dwight Smith Jr. Dwight Schroof. Dwight Schroof. Trey Mancini, we all know. Mm-hmm. Renato Nunez. Rio Ruiz. <laughs> we know Joey Rickard. We know Chris Davis. We know Jesus Sucre, who's a journeyman catcher. Mm-hmm. Richie Not- Martin. Ricky Martin's brother. Yep. Okay. And pitching today is Alex Cobb. Corn on the cob. Yep. If the Yankees don't win, man, seriously, what is going on? You have to be able to beat these teams. And that was their downfall last year. We've, and, we've, and, and now I know, I know the injuries are there for them this year, and they could kind of hang their hat on that. But honestly, at some point, but this line, but this, this lineup is awful for Baltimore. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm going at. There's no, there might be one threat. I know Chris Davis could run into one when he wants to, but Joey Rickard is a threat. Trey Mancini is a threat. After that. I mean, Renato Nunez slugged one out at Yankee Stadium. But after that, there's nothing. There's not much. The Orioles were, we said it. How many games were they going to win this year? Over under was what, 50? Yeah. Was that what we said? It? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's concerning. It's a little bit more concerning. If they lose but to, this but to me, But to me, you see, the thing here is, so, <clears throat> okay, the injuries are starting to pile up, obviously. Mm-hmm. They, they've got eight, nine, ten guys on the injured list already. Mm-hmm. But, the, but, but that was the point of the offseason. Mm-hmm. You secured your depth in your, in, your, in your lineup. You brought in DJ LeMahieu. You already had Tyler Wade there. You already had Clint Frazier there. Yes. You bring in uh, Troy Tulowitzki, mm-hmm. who is going to be sort of a stopgap between uh, Didi coming back or whenever you played Glaber at shortstop. Right. You had somewhat depth at first base with a you know Luke Voigt and Greg Bird battling battling that out. Sure. Luckily, you've been able to keep both of them in the lineup, and both have and both have produced so far. Somewhat. Okay. <clears throat> you bring in a Mike Talkman. Who is also outfield depth hasn't done much since he's you know been with the team, but still some depth, right? You know, so that lineup alone. I mean, you still have Aaron Judge in there. You still have Gary Sanchez in there. You still have Glaber Torres in there. Let me ask you about Glaber. What? Where would you like to see him in the lineup? Do you like him at the top? Do you want him more in the middle? Well, with the lineup as depleted as it is. I'd rather see him in the top half of the lineup. Okay. But then again, you also want to – the bottom of the lineup without Glaber Torres right it's now kind of is just, kind of just iffy. Yeah, It's not a productive bottom half of your lineup. Mm-hmm. Would you say that? It's really not. No, I agree with you. It's I, really not. Because I've heard people on other talk shows say – uh, where they would put Glaber in the lineup because he hit ninth most of last year. And people were saying, oh, one through nine, the Yankee lineup, how dangerous it is. Now with all these injuries mounting up, you know, it's you know interesting to see how they lined him up. Because wasn't he hitting cleanup or fifth the other day? He hit cleanup the other yeah. day. Well, if you look at it, right, so let's read it. Oh, Brett Gardner, Aaron Judge, Luke Voigt, Gary Sanchez. That's a good four. Greg Bird. Four. 
That's a good one through five. Then you go LeMahieu, Torres, Frazier, Wade. I, I guess no you want to add some that. pop to the bottom of the lineup. But I, I wouldn't mind. LeMahieu is a guy that get, that can get on base. Right. That's why I wouldn't mind moving him up a little bit. Frazier. He's kind of there because he has to yeah. be there. And Wade also there because he really has to be. I mean, he had a really good spring. He got on base a lot. And he's fast. He's got speed. Right. So you have your nine and one guy being your speed guys. Right. <clears throat> I would say six is probably an appropriate spot okay. for Glaber Torres. I mean, he's batting seventh right now mm-hmm. for today. But in a lineup that would it if it all works out for the Yankees, right? Miguel Andujar doesn't go into off, into season ending surgery. Troy Tulowitzki comes back. Didi Gregorius comes back. Mm-hmm. Right. You have Brett Gardner or an Aaron Hicks. As well, because we're missing Aaron Hicks. Right. So at that point, you would have Aaron Hicks probably batting leadoff. Mm-hmm. Brett Gardner would be your nine guy, if that's the case, if he's playing. Right? Mm-hmm. That's if he's playing. So you would have Aaron Judge. I mean, uh, Aaron Hicks, Aaron Judge. Stanton. Uh, Didi? To split him up? You can split him up with Didi, sure. Aaron, Aaron, Didi. Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez. Andujar. Miguel Andujar. Glaber then. And then maybe. Oh, no, because then Gardner. Gardner would be ninth. Gardner's the one. Gardner's the ninth guy. The ninth guy. So then Glaber or LeMayhew Glaber. No, because oh, no, we're, we're missing the first baseman. We're missing the first baseman. Luke Voigt. Although, you could probably move Voigt into that three-hole. You could. And then put Didi behind Stanton and then go Andujar, uh, Torres, Gardner. You see, if that was the case, if you had that ability to do that, then I then go ahead, man. Take your, take your pick at the candy store. Like, seriously. <laughs> You can do whatever the hell you want with that lineup. But you but you don't have that ability right now. You don't have those guys in your lineup. Right. Stanton's down. Hicks is down. And Duhar's down. Tulowitzki's down. You got to find a way. You have to. But, like, if we're looking at it, the lineup that, that Boone put out on... Tuesday? Mo- What's today? Wednesday? Today's Thursday. Take the six. lineup that he put out on Monday... Was god awful. On Monday, the game they won, though. <laughs> no, was it? It might have been. No, it was. It might have been Tuesday. Or it might have been Monday. It was one of the two. It was one of the two. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, Tuesday. Sorry, yeah. I got it wrong. Tuesday. That lineup was bad. I mean, we we were talking about it here yeah. when it came out, and we we're just like, what? Yeah, you got to go for the series win. You here. have to. You can't play a rubber At this team. point, with these teams, you got to go for the jugular. I mean, especially, I know, you know, it's six games, but look at well Tampa started off. Yeah. You know, Boston got Boston struggled too, but they got a nice win last night. Yeah. Right now, it's Tampa in first place, obviously. This is just, you know, five, six, seven games into the season, so this is obviously going to change at some point. But Tampa's in first place at five and two. 
Baltimore four and two, Toronto three and four, then Yankees and Red Sox. It's all. It's going to change at some point. I think the stat yesterday I read from Bob Nightingale mm-hmm. is the Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, and Astros are a combined six and eighteen. And you know what's also concerning? The fact that they can't hit with runners in scoring position. Well, you know what that that's is? a huge problem, man. Oh, it's huge. You know why that is? Because you're too, run, too, too home run, too home run reliant. You're right, hundred percent. Unlike the team we're watching, who hasn't lived by the long ball yet. Yeah, they, they, they've done it. Oh, I know ball. they've done it, but but they're actually hitting too. No, they are situational hitting. I, actually, I shouldn't say that they're not hitting today. They're they don't have a hit yet. They will. Situational hitting though. Yeah, it matters. It does. It matters. Aaron Judge can't be your only source of uh, of contribution of power. No, he can't. He can't always be up there and get you those timely hits. You got to get your hits from the other guys. I'm looking primarily at two guys. Well, one guy, Gary Sanchez. Got to do. He cares way too much about the launch angle stuff. Just hit a simple line drive, dude. But you see, and this is what pisses me off about baseball nowadays. But the shift. You have one entire side of the oh. infield open. Smack one down. Go the other way. Chances are it's going to turn into a double if you're fast enough. You're going to get on base. If there's a guy on base, right? I mean, chances are if there's a guy on base, you're not playing the shift. But you can break that mold, get on base, and ch- and hopefully the uh, the guy behind you gets you in. Mm-hmm. But it's all about getting on base and having that situational hitting, yeah, that'll get you runs. Because right now, the Yankees haven't been hitting home runs either. Yeah, runs are hard to ca- come by for a team who is at home for the first six. It's, it's, it's actually pretty sad. They scored one yesterday, three the day before, five, three, and seven. So, I mean. And seven was a win. Seven was a win. And you can't go into you, every game thinking you're going to outslug everyone. That's no, how, you can't. No, I mean, this team isn't. This team right now presently constituted. Yes, it's bottom, It's top heavy, but the bottom is very weak. You, you're not going to get any source of power from the bottom half of your lineup. Yeah, you just want them to hit for average. You know, Glaber doesn't have to hit you 25 homers. Oh, but at least get on freaking base, Get man. on base. Get on base. Shoot the gaps. Come on. That's that's such a, fr- a, a hitter-friendly ballpark. If you think about that whole division, it's a hitter-friendly ballpark. Yeah. Toronto's a hitter-friendly. Baltimore's hitter-friendly. Boston, for the most part. Well, Boston, uh, well, Boston for the... Uh, for the yeah, you got the monster. Then you got Death Valley over there in center field. Yeah. But besides that, just back to the injury real quick. The, the something has to be going on with with the with what the Yankees are doing that's leading to so many injuries. Someone's got a voodoo doll of all the Yankees and at their house and go. This is what no, I'm doing. No, legit though, me. but le, no, le, legitimately because it's. It's so frequent now. That's that's the problem. It's so frequent. 
Well, I'm used to that as a Mets fan. Like last night, Michael, well, yesterday during the call, Michael K announced Troy Tulowitzki was gone, taken out of the game. He's like, we're not playing doctors, but <laughs> something's going on here. You know, because you don't get pulled, you don't get taken out in the third inning just because of defensive issues. Yeah. Or not, maybe not hustle. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I mean, it had to be an injury. And with Troy Tulowitzki's injury history, you got to be cautious with it. I know you're not really paying him anything, but no. still. Now, does the signing, the, does the not going after Manny Machado or Bryce Harper, does that look bad on the Yankees now? Would you Would you bring up that topic of conversation? No, I don't like it anyway. The Machado Harper thing, because who you couldn't tell that these this was gonna happen. You didn't know these guys were just gonna drop like flies. Come on. Now, now everyone's gonna say that because you're the New York Yankees and you always spend the money. But I can't sit here with a straight face that they should have went after Harper and Machado. I mean, Harper's off to a raging hot start. That's yeah. nice of him. But how much more pressure would there be with him in New York? There'd be a lot. Oh, yeah. Machado, the same thing. And Machado hit his first homer yesterday. Yeah, he's gotten off to a little bit of a Yeah, I know. He's now got the same amount of home runs as Jacob DeGrom. Question is, who's going to finish with more? Something tells me that it'll be Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there, right? I know. I know. You liked that, didn't you? I, I loved it. You liked that. He had a bomb yesterday. Oh, my God. He was. <sighs> first of all. Let's just speak about Jacob DeGrom real quick before we go to break. Oh, okay. Can can I just say the sentence and you tell me yes or no? Go. Currently. Current. Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. Yes. Yes. Okay. Argument over. There is no argument. Right now, the only person who I would probably put up there right now to rival him is Scherzer. Two guys then. Okay. Justin Verlander. Okay, I can live with Zoolander up there, too. Scherzer and Verlander would probably be the only two other guys right now who I would put in that conversation. Okay. Jacob DeGrom yesterday had a home run, 14 strikeouts. Um, Just an absolute gem of a game that he had yesterday. And yet... Another quality start. He gave up no runs in his outing. Yeah. Although the match won 6-4, to four, I believe it was, correct? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Bullpen, not uh, <laughs> bullpen manager. Certain things not clicking yet. You don't think so? Nah. <laughs> but listen, when you got that guy going though, every fifth day. Yeah. Broke, I believe it was Bob Gibson's record. Twenty six. Oh. He tied Bob Gibson's record. Oh, he tied it. Okay. Yep. yep. The d- the dude is just on another level. And we, I, I'll say this for myself. I, I can't speak for any other Met fan. There was a part of me that thought once he got paid, he was just going to sit back, relax, and, you know, kind of not be as dominant as he was last year. Mm-hmm. Through two starts, I'm taking it back. There will, Don't worry. There will be a start where he gives up runs because that happens every pitcher yeah. in baseball, and I'm not worried about it. But do, do you think he can continue this run, though, of quality start after quality start? I, I think he's got one or two more left in him before he has one that will blow him out. 
Andrew Simon. Verified on Twitter. Verified on Twitter. Jacob DeGrom is the first Mets pitcher to strike out at least 14 batters in a game since... Matt Harvey? No. Harvey never did 14. Not in this decade. Not in the... Doc Gooden? I said decade, not century. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, 14. Who's the last one? One of Jimmy Baccioni's favorite players. You just want me to say it? Pedro? No. Not Johan? No. No, you could say it, though. John Main, also against the Marlins, September 29th, 2007. So the day before the day before the day the, the day before the day before the day before the, day, the collapse the day before the collapse. All right. John Main was the last Mets pitcher to, scra- to strike out fourteen. All right, that that that's a good call because I wouldn't have guessed John Main. My next guess would have maybe have been Mike Pelfrey. Jacob Degrom also extended his career best streak of consecutive scoreless frames to twenty six. I think someone said on Twitter, if he keeps going at this pace, he'll be 33-0 and 0 with a zero. <laughs> yeah. The guy's just lights out, man. The guy's just so lights good. Out. Lights out. And he's a Met for life, which <clears throat> I during guess. During this 26-start stretch of quality starts, Jacob DeGrom has compiled a 1.55 ERA over 185 and two-thirds innings with 237 strikeouts compared to 34 walks. That's insane. That's an incredible number. Mm-hmm. It just, just absolutely mind-boggling how one pitcher can be so dominant over nearly, if you're really looking at it, over a full year of starts. Yeah, you know who his last non-quality start was against? The Yankees? No. Oh, crap. The Marlins. Oh, well, oh, it was almost a yeah. full year and gave up. He went six innings and gave, gave up, up four, four runs. runs against the Marlins. I do remember that. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, more baseball talk here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Chalk Talk. Oh, technical difficulties. We apologize for that. So we'll, uh, we'll just keep this going. Um, but, yeah, no, no J- Jacob DeGrom has been one of those pitchers in baseball where you can rely on him to go out there, and he is going to constantly give you those starts, no matter what it is. No matter who he's facing, mm-hmm. he's always going to give you those starts. Yeah, he is. You know what yeah. you should do? You should plug it into the uh, iPhone charger on the fo- on the bottom there. Probably uh, uh, dead. But yeah, the Mets. Just going back and, and recapping the game last night for the New York Mets. Um. Obviously, 6-4 win over the Miami Marlins. Gave four runs in the bottom of the ninth to the Marlins. Almost almost screwing the pooch on that one. Uh, six runs, ten hits, no errors for the Mets yesterday. Four runs, seven hits, one error for the, uh, for the Marlins. Edwin Diaz got his third save for the New York Mets this season. Um, it seems like the trade with the, Miami, with the uh, Seattle Mariners has really worked out for the New York Mets. Um, Robinson Cano is contributing. Edwin Diaz is contributing. Uh, really, really good trade there for the for the for the New York Mets so far to start the season. Yeah, the trades worked out. Bullpen has been iffy before. But Edwin Diaz has been 
pretty good so far. For the most part, he's been good. Yeah, he hasn't won anything. Ready to go? Ready to go. All right. Now we're going to go to break here on the <laughs> Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Chalk Talk. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. You're listening to, to Chalk Talk on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back. Uh, real quick, some news uh, on the Yankee front. Uh, this comes from the New York Pub- uh, from the New York Yankees Public Relations Department Twitter feed. Uh, the Yankees have acquired right-hander pitcher Jake Barrett off waivers from Pittsburgh, from the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates, to make room on the 40-man roster. Ben Heller, right-hander pitcher, who uh, had right elbow UCL surgery, who is uh, currently recovering, was transferred to the 60-day injured list. Barrett has been optioned to the uh, Scranton-Wilkes-Bear uh, rail, ri- rail Riders. Um, some numbers on uh, Jake Barrett, uh, formerly of the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates and also the Arizona Diamondbacks. His career uh, numbers, he's 2-4 and four with a 4.05 ERA in the big leagues. Um, not much to go on. He's, he's obviously had a high ERA. Um, he pitched once last year for the Arizona Diamondbacks, had a 5.14 ERA uh, in, in whatever appearances he had. He so started really one. really the move? What? Jake Barrett? Is that... I'm not saying go big. I thought they would need more on a position player. Yeah. Beats me, man. Beats me. I can't really question Brian Cashman moves. Mm. I can't. Because he always seems to find a way to get through whatever obstacle is in front of him. It's true. Fair enough. So, you know what? If Brian Brian Cashman felt like this move needed to be made. It had to be made. It had to be made. Um But with that being said, the Mets finally get their first hit. Yeah, Wilson Ramos. <laughs> Wilson Ramos swing, uh, gets a single. Uh, but let's just recap the scores once again. Mets Nationals still one nothing. Bottom of the fifth, one on. Jeff McNeil up to bat. Uh, Wilson Ramos finally gets uh, actually the first hit of the game for both teams, for either team. So it took them five innings to get a hit. Uh, Royals, Tigers, 3-2. to two. Royals in the lead, bottom of the fifth in Detroit. One man on. One out in that one. So, um, with that being said, Big Mike. Sure. Let's talk about Mike McCarthy real quick. All right, let's hit Mike McCarthy. Because that situation is uh, it's sort of fluid, I want to say. It's, it's, it's still going. It's blown on. up a little bit. It has. Um, what, what are you talking about? You're, you're probably asking yourself. What the hell is this guy talking about now? This guy says a lot of stuff. He says a lot of a lot of poo-poo. What are you talking about? He's packed his bags. He has packed his bags. Um, well, we all know that the relationship between Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the, uh, of the Green Bay Packers, and former head coach Mike McCarthy has sort of been uh, shaky, to say the least, the last few years. Um some people uh, equate that with the dysfunctionality of the Green Bay Packers over the last few years. Uh, them not being able to, 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 to win the big game, to move on to the next round of the, of the NFL playoffs, to go on and participate in, a, in another Super Bowl, which they did in 2009, 2010, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which they won. Mm-hmm. Um. Apparently, um, 
it's been said that the, these guys didn't get along relatively well towards the end of that uh, relationship there. Uh, Big Mike, from your point of view, what happened with the Green Bay Packers? Because egos had a lot to do with it. We all know Aaron Rodgers has a very big ego. Yes. I, no, go go, no, go, go okay. what you were going to say. I don't necessarily put all the blame on Aaron Rodgers. And I know people are going to say, well, you can't give him all the publicity and stuff if you're not going to blame him when things go wrong. But in, in his defense, he's never had a great running back. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. And the one time he had a good enough defense, they won a Super Bowl. So he's not going to go – he has to go out there and put up 30-plus points a week and hope his defense could get, gets one or two stops. I'm sorry, that's not the way to win football games. You need a good defense. You need leadership. You need all of this stuff to equate to a good football team. And sure, you're right. Ego takes into everything. But at the end of the day, can we really sit here and say Aaron Rodgers is a part, was part of the problem? I, I think he's, you know, you know if there's, you know, kind of like a pie, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to get part of the blame. McCarthy's got to get some of the blame. The front office has to get some of the blame too. Because up until this, this offseason right now, they never really spent money. On no, players, they did not, and they've gone out this offseason. But they've also lost a lot of players, and they lost who they let go. Guys, Aaron Rodgers was close to. Jordy Nelson left last year. Uh, Randall Cobb gone this year. Well, that one you could see. Yeah, coming. you could see coming, but th- they had a rapport. They ha- yeah, they had a relationship. These guys, these guys were fr- mm-hmm. these guys were actual really good friends. These guys were actual. Partners on that field. Did you see what Jordy Nelson said the other day? What did he say? He said he would only come back if Aaron Rodgers asked him to come back. Who have we always said was Aaron Rodgers' Aaron Rodgers' best target? Jordy, his number Nelson. one target, Jordy Nelson. Mm-hmm. When they decided to part ways with Jordy Nelson, we were all sort of flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. We all knew Devontae Adams was good. But we don't necessarily think he's number one, number one on that team, for Aaron Rodgers at least. Right. Neither neither was Randall Cobb. And Randall Cobb was really only a slot guy. Yeah. Yeah. Jordy Nelson was more of that guy that you could depend on. Old reliable. Exactly. Yeah. So when those moves start, I mean, but it, can we really pinpoint a situation that really made this relationship go sour? No, we really can't because there's a bit. There's been a bunch of stuff yeah. that have happened, and we're not over the, the last inside. ten, over the last eight, nine years since yeah. that Super Bowl win. Yeah, and we're not on the inside, so we don't know. We really don't. I mean, the, I, I read an article here on a Bleacher Report uh, from Tyler Dunn, uh, oh, okay. and he and he's gone back and he's chronicled some situ- some instances in which Aaron Rodgers was caught on camera or heard sort of not yelling, but sort of raising his voice ferociously barking. I want to say at coaches or at Mike McCarthy. There was a situation in week three of the 2017 season 
where he goes and is caught on camera uh, pretty much barking stupid effing call at, co- at, at his coach. Um, it also goes on to say, or back further to the NFC Championship game on January 18, 2015, when McCarthy coached with the ferocity of a sloth, calling for field goals from the one-yard line twice in the first half, and then running three straight times with five minutes left to infuriate his quarterback and, effect- and effectively euthanize a Super Bowl season. I can't blame Aaron Rodgers on that one. No, that that's coaching decision. Yeah. That's a coaching decision. He even goes on to say, or even earlier to 2013 when Rodgers and McCarthy appeared close to throwing haymakers midway through a loss in Cincinnati. I mean, from what we've seen over the last seven, eight years since they've been in the Super Bowl, since they won the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers, has been nothing but drama with Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers. Would you say? No, you're right. And that ultimately cost Mike McCarthy his job in Green Bay last year. Yeah, that and the loss to Arizona. That the loss, which was terrible, which was a horrendous. You can't lose to Arizona at home. At home, you cannot. Mm. There is no freaking possible way that you can lose to Arizona in Green Bay to a team that had what one or two wins before that, to a team that was decimated by injuries, to a team team whose quarterback was god awful. Not be not necessarily his fault, but because of the product that was put around him. To a team that's drafting number one overall. To a team who's going to take a quarterback number one overall after they just took a quarterback in the first round last year. That's the team you lose to, and that's the reason why you you lost your job ultimately. If he wouldn't have lost that game, he probably would have finished out the season. Mm-hmm. He probably still would have been fired. Yeah, but it would have been a a a compilation of things that led to that firing. But no, that or, loss, it, or it wouldn't have been Warless fired. It would have been mutually agreed to or part, part ways. ways. Yeah. But after after the Arizona game, I mean, we had been talking about it before that. All up and down this station, all the shows on this station talked about when is the right time to let Mike McCarthy go, because it's it's getting to that point, and it got to that point, but. The thing here is, was Aaron Rodgers the leader of that parade of let go of Mike McCarthy? You think he was the one that ultimately, I mean, obviously, the, the, ulti- the last word is, comes from the front office, comes from the yes. owner of the team. That's who has the final word. But do you think Aaron Rodgers went up? to the front office and said, we got to let this guy go. We can't win with this guy. I don't think that. I think what happened was it's unacceptable to lose at home to Arizona. And I think that was the culmination of a season where the Green Bay Packers believed they had another opportunity to not only make the playoffs, but maybe get to the Super Bowl. And last season was not the way they wanted it to go. And they said, you know what? We're an older team. It's time for us to retool it, restore it. Let's see what we can do. And so they said, Mike McCarthy, thanks for everything. But we, but, but we got to let you go. And at the end of the day, they just signed Aaron Rodgers, so they're not going to move Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. 
But uh, referencing back to this to this article by Tyler Dunn on the Bleacher Report, uh, someone spoke to Ryan Grant, uh, who who was the Packers uh, starting running back from 2007 2012. Mm-hmm. Aaron always had a chip on his shoulder with Mike, quote unquote. Hmm. The guy who ended up becoming your coach passed on you when he had a chance. Aaron was upset that Mike passed on him, that Mike actually verbally said that Alex Smith was a better quarterback. Close quote. I have no issues with him having a chip. No. you. If you have a chip on your shoulder, you go out there. And you and, prove and, it. And, exactly. 100,000%. Well, 2 nothing Nats. And uh, Is that Juan Solo? The Mets just uh, – Noah Syndergaard Not Victor just Robles. gave up a home run to Victor Robles, his second of the year. Both against the Mets, I believe. Both against the Mets. Washington Nationals up 2-0. Nationals get their first hit of the day on a home run. 88th pitch by Noah Syndergaard deposited into left field, 382 feet. Uh, so that's a quick little update on the New York Mets. Down 2-0 now in their home opener, top of the sixth. No outs. Victor Robles, a solo shot. Uh, Bryce uh, Hill, hang, uh, huh? Bryce Hill. Right? <laughs> that seemed to be a hanging, uh, a hanging uh, curveball there, yeah. or a slider at least, yeah. uh, from Noah Syndergaard. But we'll yeah. give you more updates as this goes, as yeah. this game moves along. But back to Green Bay, Green Bay, because it's an interesting topic of conversation. Because yeah. this is one of the most successful franchises of football history. This is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game of football. Yes. Let's look, though, at this offseason as a whole. Where have storylines come from? Pittsburgh. Green Bay. And Green Bay. And the Giants. And the Giants. Three teams who are never doing stories like this. The Giants, who have always been the organization to keep things in-house. Steelers, too. Steelers, who have always been the organization, who have been model organizations in the NFL. Yeah, and, that, and all the, had situ- all had issues with their star players: Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Odell Beckham Jr. for the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Now Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy with the Green Bay. Although Packers. the Odell Beckham thing, it wasn't a story till he was moved. But you're right; he wasn't doing anything well, stupid the, well, like the Antonio Od- Brown. Well, the Odell Beckham Jr. thing hasn't really. It didn't really happen overnight. Oh yeah, it's of been a, a, it's been an it a, was a, a prolonged issue that the New York Giants front office didn't want to deal with. or organization in general didn't or had with Odell Beckham Jr. and they didn't want to deal with that anymore. Which is That's fine. where that came from. Oh yeah. Antonio Brown had a serious problem with Mike Ben Roethlisberger and, ben and Mike and Mike Tomlin. Le'Veon Bell had a big problem with the front office not wanting to pay him the money that he felt he deserved. All right, let, let me ask you this because I brought we I brought him up. Do you think Tomlin, if Pittsburgh goes into a tailspin, is He's Mike got, Tomlin he, out? He is on the hot seat to start the season. He's on the hot seat. Absolutely. So if they start the year 0-2, 0-3. 0-2, If they go 0-4, better watch out. Mike Tomlin might get fired. Okay. In my eyes. Because you had a situation where you had – where you go from a team that had the best wide receiver in the game. Arguably the best running back. The best running back, arguably, like you said, in the game. Top 10, maybe, uh, quarterback to play the game. Hall of Fame quarterback, sure. 
two-time uh, Super Bowl champion. Yeah. In Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. You definitely, and then you lose those guys. You lose two of those three guys. Now, you go into a situation where, all right, may, were they the cause of us not getting to the postseason? Were they the reason why we weren't as good of a team as we needed to be? Were they the reason why all these problems happened in the locker room? Were they the reason why everything became so cancerous within the organization? Now, if they are not here, then that problem is solved. Mm-hmm. Now that they are not here, we should be able to right the ship. Now that they are not here, we should be able to get to the postseason without a problem, yeah. without having an issue. Uh-huh. I agree. Ben is our guy. Mm-hmm. We're At just for <coughs> – yeah, because they are talking extension with him for yes, whatever uh, yes, reason. Yes, they are. I did read that as well. I, I mean, how many years does Ben have left? Because Ben is not, and, and I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way, Ben is not Tom Brady because Tom Brady doesn't get touched more often than not. Ben gets hit every game, and he's carrying at times defensive linemen on his back. Tom Brady, more often than not, stays away from the limelight. Mm-hmm. From the spotlight, he stays away. Oh, I, I'm talking about like the average. No, I know what yeah. you're saying, but I'm saying like Tom Brady stays away from the spotlight. Tom Brady doesn't throw his t- his teammates under the bus, like Ben Roethlisberger does on his weekly spe- on his weekly radio spot right. in Pittsburgh. That guy throws the bus, throws them under the bus at all times of the week. Mm-hmm. That guy, that guy has no care in the world. As long as he is not looked at as the bad guy, he does not care. Mm-hmm. He's, he's done that multiple times. And Big Mike, we can look back in time. If we look up articles right now, if we go, go, if we go on the Google machine mm-hmm. and we look up times in which Ben Roethlisberger has, turned, has, has thrown his team under the bus, oh, it's we're going to find multiple articles on that. Oh, yeah, of course. I can't, recall, can't, I can't recall the last time Tom Brady did that. He doesn't do it. Exactly you, my you, point. You, you know why? Because from the top down. Oh, absolutely. It, it comes, comes from, from Bob Kraft. It comes it, from Bill. It, it comes, comes from, from Bill. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I didn't play well today. So I'm in. Yeah. And listen, I think it was the game at Denver that Pittsburgh played. And he threw a pick to one of the defensive linemen on Pittsburgh, on uh, Denver. Last This last season? This past season. Mm-hmm. And he said something about the <clears throat> someone ra- ran the wrong, wrong route. route. And I don't remember if it was Brown or whoever it was said, yeah, how could you run the wrong route if you're throwing picks to a defensive lineman? So that shows you where they were. But we've seen this boiling for a few years now. Oh, yeah. There's too much drama in Pittsburgh. And they all want to have fun and they all want to be boys and friends. Guess what? You don't have to be. No. You, know? you need to have just a working relationship within the uh, perimeter of the training facility and the, and the stadium. Yeah, you don't have to be best friends with everybody. You don't. I mean, it's great because that just makes your on-the-field relationship that much better. Yeah. I, I mean, Just like it's going to be with Odell Beckham Jr. and, Jar- and Jarvis Landry in, 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 uh, Cleveland. in Cleveland. Yeah, They were best friends growing they up. They are best friends. They yeah. are best friends to this day. Yeah. That relationship is only going to make Baker Mayfield that much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to have situations in which Odell Beckham is going to want the ball instead of Jarvis Landry. 
I think one of them would but be willing to sacrifice. Absolutely. Why? Because they are best friends. Right. They have played with they played with each other at LSU. They yeah. know exactly what to do with each other. Mm-hmm. These guys in Pittsburgh, you could tell they were not best friends. Right. They actually despised each other. Well, both of them despised Ben. Yeah. Which seems to be a common factor in, in Pittsburgh. But at the end of the day, Pittsburgh will not run Ben out of town for two reasons. Super Bowl. His Super Bowls. Because he's got two of them. Mm-hmm. Those are the two reasons he won't leave. Yeah. You know, they're going to let Ben and you, and you can, and, you, and you could say the same thing in Green Bay. For running the, the Running this back to Green Bay. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers won you a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. After years and years of trying under Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. And only being able to accomplish that one time. With Brett Favre. And at the end of the day, they're going to blame the coach instead of the player. Yeah. Which, to me, sometimes is 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 a cop-out. It's unfair. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes for the coach because you probably felt like if you had a different um, – how do I want to say? A different team around you, different personnel – you would have been fine. This team would have been better. And and I'll tell you what. In the case of Green Bay, if they actually would have spent money in free agency instead of drafting poorly throughout the years, they would have been fine. And drafted Mike McCarthy for would, need. And drafted for need. Mike, Mike McCarthy would still be the head coach of this team. Yeah. Because they would have won more games. Yeah, they would have. They would have avoided bad losses. They would have been in the playoffs. They would have been... Uh, uh, contending for NFC championships year in and year out. And, and obviously now Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, so there's not... And apparently be... they still haven't talked. Yeah, I don't think he can officially talk no, to No, they him. could. Oh, could they actually Yeah, though, once the league year starts, you can talk to your players. Okay. I didn't know if it was until off-season workouts began. No, I, I believe it's it's once the league season starts. And anyway, isn't it with new coaches anyway, they start a week earlier than no, normal no. teams? No. Okay. Not, that I'm not sure about. I'll be honest. Well, that uh, I'm not sure cause about. Because I, I read that the Dolphins were starting off-season training. I was not really concerned about it because, you know, that's a different situation. But you, if they haven't talked yet, that's <laughs> That's a, little, a problem within itself already because you're starting off on the wrong foot. You're literally starting off on the wrong foot with a new head coach. What's your expectation for Green Bay this year? Oh, I don't think they're going to be all that great. Seven wins, eight wins? I think Aaron Rodgers alone, just Aaron Rodgers based on on his pure athleticism and what he brings to the table will win you at least five, six games. Just on on on, on Aaron Rodgers himself. Mm -hmm. I think this team wins eight games this year. They go eight and eight. They go eight and eight. And th- and that's so weird to say about a Green Bay team that has one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Yeah, because you you usually say eleven and five, twelve yeah. and four. They're not even the favorites in their own division no. anymore. The Bears are the favorites, in, or the, the Bears yeah, the and Bears, the Vikings, the Bears and the Vikings. The Lions have right now jumped up ahead of them, I believe, in in the NFC North. The Lions. Can you tell? Can you say I'm wrong? Look at the offseason that the Lions just had. Oh, the Lions be good. Lions the Lions. Li- if, if if it wasn't if. I think the Lions won the won the offseason this this They're year. They're one of the teams. I, I think you're right. 
The, Jet, not... the Jets spent money this year in the offseason, which they needed to. They got the guys that they that they felt they needed. They brought in Le'Veon Bell. They brought in a C.J. Mosley. Yeah. A Jamison Crowder. Now, I mean, you know, they brought they brought in some pieces, but even still, they have draft. They have the draft to concentrate yeah, as well. Of course. The Lions, who were a team that was taken over by Matt Patricia, the former defensive coordinator in, 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 in New England, mm-hmm. and they underwhelmed. So what did they do? They went out there and they spent the money. And they went the Patriot way. Yep. Literally. Trey Flowers. Literally went the, yep. the Patriot way. And they won the offseason. I saw that. I saw that. Yesterday, right? Or the day before that? Yeah, yesterday. It was this week. Yeah. But they they themselves had an awesome Mm offseason. What did Green Bay do? Zadarius Smith, Preston Brown. Are are those needle-moving moves? No, but I think if you're Green Bay, the things you need were you need linebackers, you need pass rush. Green Bay needs a lot of things. Oh, I know. And they have to address those things in the, in the draft. draft. Two first-round picks. They are going to be under the spotlight big time once this draft comes around in oh. a few weeks. Oh, man. Literally this month. We're, what, two and a half weeks away, three weeks from two, the draft? Two or three weeks away, yeah. That's going to be a, a, a – Speaking of which, did you read spectacle. what the Lions said about the draft? No, what did they say? The Lions, according to Bob Quinn, their GM, mm-hmm. they're not afraid of trading down. No. What what spot do they have in there? They draft? have eight. Mm. So you got the Jets not, not not afraid to trade down. You got the Lions not afraid to trade down. If I'm the Washington Redskins, I'm making a phone call to one of the two. I think you can still get a quarterback. Like let, let's say you call let's say you call the Lions who have the eighth the eighth pick. You can still get a quarterback there, or you can still get a player that you desperately want. Depending on how high you have them on the on your draft board, that's right. how it goes. I, I, if I'm the Redskins, I'm aiming for a quarterback. That's so what that, I, that's, that, what, that's what I'm saying. That's you, why I'm saying at eight. If you move up the seven spots, they actually have the because the Giants have two first round picks this year. Yes, the Giants do. Six. They have the six and seventeen. They have the Giants at seventeen going with Daniel Jones. Yeah, there's the David Cutcliffe factor who coached both Mannings. Mm-hmm. I, I I just think if I'm the Giants, I'd rather move thirty five for Josh Rosen. The second round pick. See if that'll. You think you do? You think they ultimately end up with Josh Rosen? I think one of those two should. I think the team who does. Well, Washington was also a team that I think also had interest in Josh Rosen. The big four I've heard are the Redskins, the Patriots, the Chargers, and the Giants. I, I mean, New England. You never know when he's going to play because you never you don't know what the Brady that's a, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. So the thing, they might be better off drafting a guy. So, the Chargers one's interesting because they were talking about signing Rivers. Yeah, but you also want that sort of. Oh, I know. You want that, uh, that insurance guy in there. policy. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to do it with Geno Smith. <laughs> I think it's, it's actually now Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> oh, that's right. Correct. Yep. <laughs> that's what you get, Mike Guido, for saying the Dolphins were signing Tyrod. <laughs> oh, man. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to break. When we come back, the official start of the 3 o'clock hour. Here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, this is Chalk Talk. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. You, you're listening to, to Chalk Talk on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 
309 on the big clock here in New York. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Chalk Talk. I'm Renee Canales, joined in the studio by our producer, Big Mike Rifkin, James Baccioni, and John Folk, uh, John Folks Fogarty are both at work. Excuse me, so they could, were not able to join us. Uh, phone number to call is 631-676-2968 if you want to join the conversation. Uh, Yankees game is underway. Uh, 305 start in Baltimore. One on. No outs. Brett Gardner gets the first hit of the game. Uh, leadoff single off of Alex Cobb. But um, let me ask you this before we hit the topic. Yeah. Gardner's on first. Leadoff guy. Mm-hmm. Any thought? I know Judge is up. Any thoughts any of stealing? Th- any thought of sending him at some point? I'm a big proponent of stealing a base. I am getting t- yourself in running spe- in running position spe- and in scoring position. Excuse me. Did that just go off his chest? I don't know, but Chris Davis can't make the scoop. I don't think he would have been out anyway. We're sorry. We, we were just a little confuzzled by what happened there. He dropped the ball. Well, Literally. it was a, it was a line that was a drive. Yeah. That was a bullet right to him. Um, Let's see. Yeah, he shanks it. He just yeah, drops he, it. Yeah, okay. Uh, so Aaron He's, Judge gets on base. Uh, Brett Gardner is out at second. Fielder's choice. Fielder's choice. Um, I would, if, if I, I'm more of the old school type of, Baseball mentality, in a sense, where you get on base if you're if you're fast, you steal the base, get yourself into running uh, into scoring position, and then you you know you get a hit from that next guy, score score your run. Mm-hmm. Small ball, play small ball. I like small. I ball. like small ball. Yeah, I like the home runs. I love the home runs. We all love the home runs. Yeah, but small ball get, it gets you wins. I enjoy the National League style, bunting. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Hit and run, but we don't see that much. No, because everyone's relying on analytics yep. now. Um, <clears throat> but all right, let's 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 get into this one because it's this one's pretty interesting. Just in the nick of time. Just in the nick of time. And what's in the nick of time? You're asking. Well, uh, Rick Buecher, uh, I He was formerly of ESPN, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Um, there was a report out there. Uh, and Rick Buecher went out of his way to say that Kevin Durant is for sure 100% leaving the Golden State Warriors. And, and we sort of all knew that already. Like, his time in Golden State is sort of dwindling down. It's coming to an end. You know, there's all there's been that, that speculation, oh, it's going to the Knicks. He's going to the Knicks. He's going to the Knicks. Then he goes on to, uh, you know, he has his little temper tantrum, you know, with the media and this Mm -hmm. and that. Excuse me. I'm still under the weather a little bit, so I'm kind of like sort of going through the motions here a little bit. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, okay. (laughs) Wow. But to quote Rick Buecher from an article on Yahoo Sports, that was bi- that was written by Josh Schrock. From everything I've heard, this is the quote: "From everything I've heard, it's a done. It's done. Yes, he's leaving." Buker told Colin Cowherd on his show. Yes. What does he mean by that? He's saying, Rick Buecher is saying that Kevin Durant, 
to the New York Knicks is a done deal. The moment the Golden State Warriors season ends and free agency begins in July, Kevin Durant will be signing with the New York Knicks. Are you shocked by this, Big Mike? That from what he's hearing, because Rick Buecher is is well known in 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 the basketball yeah. circle. Yeah, he's. I claim him second to Woj. He's, yeah, he's not. He's not. I mean, Woj is a different animal. Well, Woj is Woj Schefter. Is, Woj is Schefter. Yes, and Rick Buecher's <clears throat> kind of like Chris Mortensen is what I said. Yeah, to someone this because it, it goes Woj, Buecher, Mark Stein. Well, uh, well, yeah, you could go Mark Stein. I would put Stephen A. Smith there as well. Sure. Because Stephen A. Smith knows a lot of people. Oh, yeah. He really does. And then at the bottom of that is Chris Broussard. <laughs> a little shot there. Yeah. But Rick Buecher is – he knows his he's stuff. He's the guy. He's, he's, he's one he of the has guys. his really good sources. He goes on to say, it's not a matter of not liking or, or appreciating what he has. But being there, I can tell you that Kevin Durant has never bullied, has never been fully embraced by the Warriors faithful, and has never, from even a national perspective, been given the just to do that. You would expect from a, for a guy who has been to the NBA final, who has been the NBA Finals MVP of the last two championships. It's still Steph's team. It's still Steph, Clay, Draymond, KD. Thanks for coming along and helping us win these last two. He's never gotten the just desserts. Well, it's always going to be the first three guys team. Of course. Because they won one without KD. <clears throat> yes, they did. They did. And so KD just came on. So KD was on the Oklahoma City Thunder team that took the Warriors to, to game seven. I were, they were up 3 1. They were up 3 1. That took them to game seven of the Western Conference Finals. They blew that lead. They blew the 3 to 1 lead. Mm hmm. And then KD pens the letter in the Players' trib- Tribune saying he's going to, to Golden State. He joined the team that just beat his former team in the Western Conference Finals, which is why Kevin Durant ended up being vilified, in a sense, mm-hmm. in, the, in, in NBA circles, from NBA fans in Oklahoma City and Russell Westbrook. Right. You're right. And we... For us who actually watch the sport, who actually like the sport, we sort of saw that coming. Like, we knew it wasn't really going to work all work out all that well necessarily on a personal level with these players. Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't really all going to mesh mm-hmm. because of the relationship they already had before that, being Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. They were they were they are the three franchise guys. Why they were drafted by that team? Yes. They are actual Golden State Warriors through and through from the start. And at once their careers are over, those jerseys will hang going in the rafters. Up, going right up. Will Kevin Durant's jersey be going up? It could. It could just simply because of the fact that uh, he, he won two championships with them. And uh, right off the bat, ladies and gentlemen, quick update. Jonathan Villar hits a leadoff homer off of James Paxton. Baltimore up one nothing already against the New York Yankees. Two pitches in off of James Paxton. Uh, not to start the Yankees needed, but it's still early in the game. Uh, let's not panic now, ladies and gentlemen. But on the to, inside, you're just screaming. On the inside, I I, I want to curse. Yes, but you know I, this is a PG thirteen type of a show. I'm not gonna let that happen. Not yeah. just yet. Not yet. Not yet. All right. If he gives up a back to backer, 
we're in some serious trouble. <laughs> You're gonna have to bleep it out. <laughs> Edit it out, Speedy. Um, but with that being said, <clears throat> I, I would think so on the KD situation. He could. It, it's possible. It definitely is possible. I mean, I also <clears throat> kazoo tight. I don't know that if that was a cough, a cough or a sneeze, but thank you. But, but uh, I, I listen if everything it's. Time heals all wounds also. I could see OKC saying, you know what? You did so much for yeah, us, you too. helped. You, you helped know, us get to NBA a finals. NBA Finals MVP two tw- 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 series in a row, two times in a row. Well, no, I'm saying that OKC could retire. Oh, 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 two. oh. I, mean, I think that would be the better place. Yeah. But I wouldn't But I don't shocked. know if – I wouldn't be shocked if it didn't happen. Yeah. Now. But – Now, back to the story. Um – Buker go also goes on to say, so now that he uh, quote, so now that he's done that, it's a matter of where can I go and I can get this done. I can be the centerpiece and I'm going to be unbelievably appreciated. I can tell you one place, the New York Knicks, the New York Knicks fans, Madison Square Garden. If he so much as takes them into the conference finals for as much as they have not done for the past multiple decades, he will be beloved there like he has never been at Golden State after winning two championships. Close quote. Big Mike. I think Buker is onto something there. Well, this, Th- this isn't just me being a fan sure. of the Knicks, right? Because we all know, I'm a big I'm a big Knicks fan, but I am also a realistic person. Mm-hmm. The Knicks are going to shit the bed no matter how many times they try not to. It's just going to happen. That it's just in the the DNA of the Knicks. Th- three things are guaranteed in life: death, death taxes, taxes, and the Knicks and the, are gonna yeah. do Nick stuff. Yeah, the Knicks are gonna Nick, just like the Mets are gonna Met, the Jets are the the Jets are gonna Jet. You know what I'm saying? Like those are the three cardinal sins in New York. <laughs> yes. So you're right. You know the Knicks have sort of gone the way of. Trying to fix whatever um, dumpster fire they, you know, that they lit up mm-hmm. over the last decade, decade and a half. <clears throat> Jeff Van Gundy leaving, uh, you know, going out of the way to sign to to give out big money to bad players, um, not being able to get LeBron in two thousand and ten. Uh, other than that, getting Amari Stoudemire and then trading away a bunch of assets for Carmelo Anthony. Who is going to sign here anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it was actually – well, he, if it wasn't for the for the Knicks trade, he probably could have been traded to the Nets because they were also in the conversation. Oh, for that. They? they were. But, uh, you know, and then going through the Phil Jackson, you know, debacle that that was. And now you're trying to fix that. And Derek Fisher and Jeff Hornacek, Kurt Rambis, Mike Woodson – Mike D'Antoni, even though Mike Woodson was the actual was the the coach that actually led you to a playoff series win for the first time in the two thousands, you don't renew his contract, and, and he you go your separate ways, <clears throat> and now you go with a team that's led by David Fizdale with a bunch of rookies, second year players, journeyman players. A team that had Tim Hardaway Jr., Chris Porzingis, um, traded away to the Dallas Mavericks. You bring in a DeAndre Jordan and Dennis Smith Jr. You have players that are growing 
right before our eyes, like Mitchell Robinson is. Kevin Knox is in the, is going into his second year next year. Probably Frank Nelikina might be out the door at this point because he's been just nothing but a disappointment for the New York Knicks. And you have Dennis Smith now. And you have Dennis Smith now. But you always wanted to see how Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank Nelikina coexisted on the same on the on the court at the same time. You've ne- you haven't been able to see that. Frank Nelikina shut down. Dennis Smith Jr. is on the verge of being shut down for the season. So you you. Alonzo Trier has been an absolute bright spot for this team. Like I said, Mitchell Robinson has been an absolute bright spot for this team. Mm-hmm. You have some bright spots. You really do. You have a guy. A and you have a coach who's beloved in the NBA. Yes. A coach who is loved by Dwayne Wade. As we saw on Saturday, I think it was, that, that the Heat played for, that Dwayne Wade played for the last time at Madison Square Garden. The tribute video that they put up there, who was, who was it that was speaking? It was David Fisdale. And who who did Wade go out of his way to hug? To go hug. David, David Fisdale. Fisdale. David Fisdale is beloved by LeBron James. David Fisdale is beloved by a community of players in the NBA. And where where did he start? Miami. Miami. As an assistant coach with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Won uh, two championships. It was. I believe it was that they won mm-hmm. together, right? So, with that being said... I'm not saying that's enough for the Knicks to go out there, but Scott Perry has to do his due diligence in make once the offseason starts in making sure that if this is a, 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 a move that you are going to make, if you cleared up that much cap space by trading away Tim Hardaway Jr. and, and Chris Stapps Porzingis mm-hmm. and clearing up two maximum cap spaces for two max players. You have to make sure that this is the right move. And you get at least one. And you get at least one. Because chances are, well, not chances are anymore. It's pretty much a done deal. You're going to end up with one of the top five picks in this NBA draft this year. You have a 14% chance to end up with the first overall pick this year. And we all know who And that is. being Zion Williamson, whenever he... um declares for the NBA draft. By the way, did you see his dunk in the Rex? Yeah, he almost ripped his head off. He almost literally ripped his head off. I don't care what he does next year. I just want him in the dunk contest. Oh, that'd be lovely. That would be lovely. But I don't think he would do it. I don't know. I'm not too sure about it. If he does, that'd be insane. I'd be so Just like happy. years after year after year after year of wanting LeBron James in the dunk contest. We never got that to happen. Yeah. What was that? Stuck with like Blake Griffin and Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. Nate, Nate Robbins. Robbins. You know what? I appreciate Nate Robbins. He won three in a row. He was impressive. He was. Yeah. I actually have a Nate Robinson jersey. Do you? Yeah. Love it. <laughs> but this is an organization that since 1999, 2000, has been nothing but a disappointment. Since their last appearance in the NBA Finals against the San Antonio Spurs in the, in the strike-shortened season. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Jeff Van Gundy's left. He literally picked up and left. The Larry Brown experiment failed. Lenny Wilkins experiment failed. Mike D'Antoni experiment failed. Mike Woodson eh, somewhat failed. 
got you to a postseason, got you to that first round. But that was a team that should have beaten the Indiana the Indiana Pacers in that second round and gone on to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's a team that should have beaten the Indiana Pacers in that series. Tyson Chandler, I believe, got hurt. And didn't J.R. Smith do something stupid? Yeah, well, like J.R. Smith does something stupid every single time he touches the floor. But that was a fail. Like I said, Jeff Hornacek, a fail. Derek Fisher, a fail. Kurt Rambis, god-awful in the 10, 15 games that he coached the Knicks in that final season where, De- where Derek Fisher got fired. Mm-hmm. Fail. This season, we knew it was going to be a failure because you hired a new coach, you have a bunch of young players, you were missing your quote-unquote star player to start the season because of a torn ACL. Now he's not here. Now you have the chance to move this organization in the right direction by drafting the right way and developing and developing these players who are on your roster now. Dennis Smith Jr., develop him. Mitchell Robinson, continue to develop him because that kid is a stud. A block machine is what Mitchell Robinson is. He broke the Knicks' single-season rookie record for blocks in a season. You have Alonzo Trier, who was a bright spot in this otherwise abysmal season for the New York Knicks. You have the chance to draft a franchise-changing player in a Zion Williamson if you end up with the number one overall pick. Or a John Morant or RJ Barrett with a two and three pick if you have those if you have one of the top three picks. You have a chance to go out there and sign a max free agent in Kevin Durant, who according to Rick Buecher, as I've been saying, is a done deal that he's going to the Knicks. You have a chance. To go out there and sign a Kyrie Irving if you so want to. If you please to. You have that option because Kyrie Irving is not going back to Boston. You have a chance as an organization to write this 20-year ship. You were going to say something, Mike. Yeah, because there's only one thing... Because I, I completely agree with everything you've said. But if there's one man standing in the <clears throat> James line. Dolan, I know, is that one man. I know that's the man. But you know what? James Dolan is the one that's going to write the check at the end of the day. If Scott Perry goes up to him and says, Hey, James, or Mr. Dolan, whatever he goes and calls him by, Mr. Dolan. We have Kevin Durant ready to come, signing a max contract with the Knicks. You ready? Let's sign this check. Let's get this done. You know damn sure James Dolan is going to do that. Oh, yeah. Because there's nothing more that James Dolan wants than to see the Knicks win and get all the monkey, get all the monkeys off his back. Because right now he has like 30,000 monkeys on him. From all, from all the fans that have talked nothing but garbage about his leading skills, his ownership skills. This is the only way 
that the Knicks organization can really skyrocket. Because can you imagine? The Knicks have 15 wins this season. Mm-hmm. Adding a Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Adding a lottery pick. That being Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, John Morant, whoever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And then possibly adding one more free agent. You, you, you're telling or other people are telling me that the Knicks can't win over 40, 45 games? I would say close to 40, sure. I say more than that, brother. I'll be honest with you. You're adding a Kevin Durant. That within itself is more wins than you already have. Okay, fair enough. I think that if the Knicks add those players and they do it correctly if they and they do it the right way and they add the right pieces, they could win you know, 45 games. You're probably right because they do play the Eastern Conference. They can be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. And, if, and Boston <sighs> loses Kyrie. Oh, man. Three nothing Orioles as a run scores on a wild pitch and a balk on consecutive pitches, non pitches, whatever you want to call it. And Aaron Boone is walking around. I'm starting around to sweat now. Out. I'm starting to sweat. Let's see, is this on Sanchez or is this Paxton? No, I, I believe that one's on Paxton. Let's see, no, that's on Sanchez. That's ah, the it's ball's in the, the dirt. Ball. Yeah, but Sanchez should be able to. Sanchez move. has got to block that. Yeah. He's got to play Henrik Lundqvist out. And, and now gets a strike out. out. Uh, so Yankees down 3 nothing, top uh, in the bottom of the first. Almost 30 pitches. 30 pitches of, almost for uh, James Paxton. All right, returning, Just got the two outs. Returning to the Knicks for a second. Hold that thought. Let's go to break. Okay. All right, and then we'll come back to your thought, and we'll, and we'll finish out the, 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 the show with that one, all right? Okay. All right, so we're going to go to break. When we come back, more talk on this Rick Buecher story of – Kevin Durant to the New York Knicks, a done deal, according to him. We'll be back here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Chalk Talk. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're listening to, to Chalk Talk on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Final segment here in the dungeon. Um, you had something to say before we went to break. Uh, about the uh, Continuing on this uh, yes. story of the New York Knicks. Uh, with Kevin Durant. Uh, so continue. All right. So let me throw this hypothetical <laughs> at you. Go for it. Because we've heard Kyrie and KD, and they have a great relationship. And blah, 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 blah. But they're also two guys who've had issues Co- this season. Coexisting with other people. No, not even that. The media. Uh huh. And New York is known for the media. You've got a lot of media members in New York. How. Are they going to handle the spotlight of that? Because part one will relate to part two of my hy- par- possible part two, hypothetical. Yeah. Kyrie Irving has admittedly said that he's dealt with the media the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So he sort of um, – how do I want to put it? Uh – he knows he's done wrong with the media. He knows he's talked to, he's talked poorly. In way, poorly with the media. So fixing that relationship with the media probably, you know, would make it a little bit easier. But New York media is just a totally different animal from everything else. Right. And if they're not playing well. They're going to get ripped. Right. They are going to get absolutely ripped. I understand that. 
And I think every player who decides to come to New York should understand that. Mm-hmm. And will understand that one way or another. All right. Now, here's part two. If it's not those two guys, I know Rick Buecher says KD's a done deal. Mm-hmm. Would you settle for Kawhi Leonard and Kemba Walker? Oh, Kemba Walker, definitely. I would definitely. So you would have no issue with it being KD and Kemba? No. Okay. No. Right, I think Kemba would be great in New York. I do, too, because I remember the Big East tournament yeah. for UConn you, I think where Kemba he would lit be it up. great in New York. Really would. I think Damian Lillard would be great in New York, too, if it ever got to that point. I think Damian Lillard would be great for any team. Oh, yes. But I'm talking about specifically about New York because I don't care about any other team. <coughs> but you know who somebody else they need to watch out for? Team-wise? The dudes that play in the other borough. Oh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn's that, a contender, dude. Team. A contender for, for free agents. Just yeah. look at what they've done. Mm-hmm. I know they have a good team right now, and they don't really want to mess that up. They don't want to mess up that core. But you add, like, let's say a a, a Kevin Durant to that team, that's a, that, that's a step in the right direction. I mean, they've taken that now. Mm-hmm. Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks, what they've done with this organization, unbelievable. Yeah. Taking them from the depth of from the depths of hell. Yeah, and don't forget, you know, Philly's still going to be Philly. Yeah, but they got to take care of the other guys. Well, I- I'm saying if they let a guy like Butler walk, they could certainly oh, yeah. get in. Yeah, but they still got to, you know, they still have the other, like I said, they still got oh, the I other guys to take care of, which is also uh, of utter importance to them. Oh, yeah, They sure. want to keep those guys together. But Jimmy Butler, uh, I wouldn't want Jimmy Butler on my team. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't want him on my team. It's too much of a headache. Yeah, way too much. He's going to start questioning coaches' decisions. He's going to start talking bad about your organization, about the coach, about players. He's, he's going to he's going to be an Antonio Brown. But, oh, Kemba Walker, I'd love him. Damian Lillard, I'd love him. Kawhi Leonard, I wouldn't mind him either. Okay. I'd, like, I'd, I'd like Kawhi Leonard on this team. I'm just no saying ma- if you can't get KD. No matter what, the they- Knicks have to go out there and make a free agent splash. Mm-hmm. But it would be a problem if you get spurned by the number one free agent again. Wasn't it a couple of years ago where they were supposed to meet with LaMarcus Aldridge and they never did? No, well, uh, several years ago. First of all, this all started with the LeBron thing Mm -hmm. where LeBron, I think he met with the Knicks but wasn't at all interested regardless because he already made up his mind about going to Miami. Kevin Durant, didn't he, he was on his free agent run. A few years ago, mm-hmm. in the Hamptons, mind you, didn't even want to sit down with the Knicks to even talk to them. And now it's a match made in heaven. <laughs> what is? And also LeBron James, the the, the second time around through free agency. Oh, when, when he went back, back to when when he back to Cleveland. What was a common factor with all that? Phil Jackson. And the comments that Phil Jackson had about LeBron James. And people not liking that. And we all know LeBron James' boys with these other plays. And nobody wanted to run the triangle. Exactly. Because the triangle's antiquated. People don't like to play that no more. Yeah, people more like more circles and squares than triangles. Triangles are weird, man. <laughs> Never been a fan of triangles. Can't draw them for the life nah, of me. Well, well, I could draw them. 
I can't draw, so. I can draw him. I can't play him. <laughs> uh, we have fun. Yeah. I had a really good one yesterday. Did you? Yeah. Oh, man. It was the best one I've ever done. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so we were talking about the, the Bryce being booed and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, it was after a break. I guess we were re- – I think I was recapping the, the 2 o'clock hour. And I said, Bryce was rained in booze, but then a bat flip ensued. Ah, okay. Two and one. Right? Two for. I like it. it was a, it's a rarity for Renee Canales. <laughs> Those are rare. Holy smokes, Renee Canales is really not that bright sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, going back to this KD situation, at the end of the day, it's possible that KD could go back to the to the Warriors. Yeah, I would never rule that. Yeah, out. you can't rule it out because chances are, if you know, if they win this third championship, he might want to stay around and win some more. And don't forget, they also have to resign Clay. Yes, and I which if he doesn't get max money, he's not going to he's not going to stay. He's already said that. Which they're, <clears throat> they're which gonna chances give him the are max. they're going to give him good money. He's going to get the max. But, yeah, you can't really count that out. You really can't. No, I'll never. Listen, <clears throat> and I will never fault the guy for staying with the team he's on. No, nah, no. Nah. I will never do that. But unless you're in a known bad spot or whatever. But I like the loyalty. So I think they'll give Clay the max, and we'll see what happens with KD. But, I mean, they're going to win – they're going to probably be the one seed again in the West. Yeah. I think they're up a game and a half on Denver with four to play. Mm. They just smoked Denver this week. Right? Yeah. Well, they pl- smoked them by 30. And they're going to play uh, the Lakers tonight. Yeah. So, Big Mike, question. Answer. Good. I like answers. All right, cool. With this whole story, uh, you know, about KD, Knicks being done deal. Okay. Give me a percentage chance of this actually happening. What do you think in your in your pun filled thoughts? I'm what, sixty forty. He comes <clears throat> sixty forty. Wow, that's actually a lot higher than I thought. Yeah, I was fifty fifty until I heard the Buker quotes, and then I was like, you know. Actually, I was more negative before the Buker quotes, and I was like, you know what? If guys like Rick Buchers or the Rick Buchers of the world are saying it's done, mm-hmm. there's something to that. So let's say, okay. So then I'm upping it a little bit, and then I'm like thinking about it, thinking about it. All right, so where else is a good fit for KD? The Clippers have money. Would he want to be second fiddle, though, with the Clippers to the Lakers? I think that would be outstanding if he competition for L.A. If KD went to the Clippers. I do, too. That'd be insane. And I think he could really coexist with Doc Rivers. Oh, I do, too. I think that'd be another really good match. So the Clippers were the one team I thought. I'm not going to rule the Lakers out, but I'm, of it. I know Jimmy wouldn't necessarily like it. Oh, I wouldn't like it either. But I wouldn't really count out the Nets in any free agent situation. Oh, okay. And the other team is, I know they don't have much money because they've got tied up. 
the Wizards. He's from D.C. They have a lot of things to figure out, though. Oh, I know they, they have, have way too much to figure out. They, have, they, they just fired their team president. They have one thing going for them. Scott Brooks coached KD and he did. OKC. He did. He did. He did. But who knows if Scott Brooks is even going to stay with that job? I because of how that team has played uh, over the last few years that he's been under, uh, you know, that he's been the head coach. Maybe they'll just bring back Dwight Howard next year too. Oh God, that'd be terrible. <laughs> Goodness gracious, that'd be terrible. I give it now. I'm still fifty fifty on it. Listen, there is still a good chance James Dolan finds a way to screw this up. No one's going to say that's not a chance. No, I don't. I mean, I like I said, 50-50 on it. I'm not even sure. Yeah. The comments are comments. I get it. But if Buker's putting it out there, then there has to be a reason why. Yeah. He's got great sources. He's got his sources. He's got his sources. What are they selling here? They selling chocolates. Oh, uh, they are the selling sauces. sauces. They're selling sauces, ma. <laughs> oh, man. That could be funny sometimes. Yeah, you could. You don't think so? What? No, and you want to be, man. You hit them when you want to hit them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, before we close everything out, right, let's – um. Rangers played last night. Rangers played last night. D- did they show up? I don't know. I don't think so. They didn't. Four-one no. loss to the Senators yesterday. Bad loss. Can't lose. Henrik Lundqvist loses again. Yeah, it was his sixth attempt to win four fifty. So that well, he got one more this season. I think he should start the home finale tomorrow. I really do. I think he's earned that much. I'll I'll start Georgiev in Pittsburgh. I have no issues with that. I'll give Hemrick tomorrow night, and then that's it for him. Pretty much every spot in the NHL playoffs has been locked up. Yes. Except the number two wild card in the Western Conference. And the two wild cards in the East. And the two wild cards in the third spot in the Metro. Right, because Pittsburgh could still move up. Big game tonight, Montreal at Washington. I love hockey, man. I, I, I do, too. I can't get over Wednesday, Stanley Cup playoffs, and I believe the draft lottery as well. What? Do you, that, that's another one. What, do you, what percentage chance do you give the, 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 the Rangers? The Rangers aren't winning the lottery. No, not even of just winning the lottery, but even just being a top three pick. Top three. It's tougher because there's more. Uh, every team, basically, who's not in the playoff race gets chance. I think they're going to be in the top eight. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to put a number on it. it. But I'll say this. If they want to get into the top five, they have the assets to move up a couple of spots. They do. So that wouldn't shock me at all. Hmm. Matty Caps. Knicks landing Kevin Durant. You think it's a, you think it's a done deal like Rick Buecher says? He says no. Matty Caps is coming up next. He's uh, third and long with Speedy Petey. I think he's still outside. I think he's afraid <laughs> to come in here. He's afraid of us? I think he's afraid of me right now. Probably because I'm uh, a little under the weather. <laughs> Are they going to say something about bullying him? No, uh, I would never bully Speedy Petey. All right, good. Speedy, Speedy's my guy, man. I can't bully Speedy. Can't bully Speedy. No, 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 no. No. I'd bully Tyler, though. <laughs> Tyler Harrison, I'd bully him. So, what am I saying? I can't bully anybody. I'm a nice guy. 
<laughs> I'm way too nice of a guy, man. To be a bully? Yeah, way okay. too nice. I can't do that. I can't do that to, any, to anybody. Rangers didn't make a move today. They recalled Ryan Lindgren from Hartford. I, did, I saw that. So I wonder who's getting shut down for the rest of the year. <laughs> the entire team should get shut down for the rest of the year. <laughs> it's two games, dude. <laughs> dude. Dude, it's two games. You can't shut everyone down, man. You could, man. You could. Although, although it wouldn't down. shock me if it's Mark Stahl, who's had a pretty nice year. And that is crushed. Glaber Torres gets on the board near Yankees. Have it's, life in this game. Glaber Torres goes yard deep left field off of Alex Cobb. Yankees down 3-1, top of the third inning. Is John Sterling's line Glaber Day? Um, like a good Glaber, Torres is there maybe. Oh, that's a good one too. Okay. I think he said that one before. Uh, but w- what I was actually going to do was actually recap some of the scores. So, as I said, Glaber Torres just hits a home run to left field off of Alex Cobb. Yankees down 3-1 at the top of the third. No outs. Um, we have the Royals and the Tigers going into the top of the ninth. Tigers up 5-4 to four with a chance to win that one. I believe that's their home opener as well. Yes. So. A uh, chance for them to win their home opener. Mets down 2 nothing to the Washington Nationals. Bottom of the eighth, one out. Uh, Noah Syndergaard in line to lose this game. Uh, he re- he pitched relatively well in this There's game. There's one pitch he regrets. Yeah, one pitch to, Rick, to Victor Robles that got deposited into the seats in left field. Yeah. Um, that one's tough. Uh, and the Red Sox currently bases juice two outs, top of the first, up 2 nothing against the Oakland A's in Oakland. Um, so they're off to a hot, to a fast start after winning their second game of the year last last night, um, with three, with three runs in the, in the, in the top of the ninth. So look at here they come. No, 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 don't say that. (laughs) Don't say that. We can't have that happen. (laughs) Not yet. At least. Why are you, why are you doing that big Mike? Why am I doing Because I love the people who overreact to six games. I'm not overreacting. No, oh, no it's not you. Here we go. <laughs> Turn on his mic. Turn on his mic. Matty Caps, the host of Third and Long, uh, incensed by what Big Mike just said. Gentlemen, good afternoon. How uh, are you guys? How you doing, my brother? You know what? I can't complain, but I heard... Uh, Pun master over here saying <laughs> something that he doesn't like when people overreact after six games. And he may be right to a point that people do overreact. But if you look at the eye test, this Yankee team with, the, with the 11 injuries that they have out there, it every fan is right to overreact because they're not going to win many games. You look at the we lineup. We talked about that earlier. You look at the lineups they have out there right now and they're starting pitching. Everyone loved James Paxton. I might have been the only one in the universe that didn't like the James Paxton move or I wasn't a huge fan of the James Paxton move because people don't realize coming to one of the biggest franchises in sports history, let alone Major League Baseball, but in sports history, and to put on those pinstripes, it's not easy to pitch in pinstripes. And Mm -hmm. we saw in the first inning uh, of just this game, and don't get me wrong, his first game at Yankee Stadium wasn't a bad one. He gave up one run. And it wasn't necessarily his fault that he lost that game. But you know what? When When it's all said and done, he got the L. He got, he the, got the L. He, he got, got the, the L. Loss. That's and in this game, in the first inning, I, I I figured like the cobwebs would be out and we'd see a different James Paxton ready to dominate. No, 
you're getting dominated by the Baltimore Orioles, who is a team that wasn't picked to win more than 65 and a half games. I don't even have a win in 50. <laughs> 65 and a half games they weren't picked to win, and the New York Yankees can't seem to beat them. And I'm going to tell you this right now. If the Yankees do get healthy somehow, and when it comes down to uh, the division or the wild card at the end of the season, if they have the opportunity to do that, which I hope they do, you're going to look back at the beginning of the season, and when people say, oh, it's six games in, yeah, but every game, if you think about it, at the beginning of the mm-hmm. season matters and at the end of the season matters. Oh, yeah. Everything in between, is, is it is what it is, because you look at the Red Sox last year, they jumped out to 18-2, and two, and they never relinquished the lead when they started off 18-2 and two last year. So it is, it is a necessity to get off to a hot start well, what was the, in every which what, way. What was the difference between the Red Sox last year and the Yankees last year? The Red Sox beat on beat down on their opponents that they needed to beat down and, on. And the Yankees the, aren't doing and that. And the Yankees didn't do that. And now the Yankees are off to that same start where they had the Baltimore Orioles, who, like you said, aren't expected. And the aren't Detroit expect- Tigers and aren't the supposed Detroit to Tigers. win more than 70 games. That's another thing. first team. of all, those were at Yankee Stadium. Which makes it even more hurtful. Absolutely. You're going to tell me you're going to lose... Four games at Yankee Stadium to open up the six game series. Like I'm not, like, I'm not saying I'm here. not saying I, I I'm not concerned, but I'm also not saying that I'm overly overly concerned. Right. I, I'm, I'm concerned still, because I'm the one thing concerned. I've always it's had a concern concerning. about is the starting pitching. It's still and concerning. It, it, it really you have is. to be. You have eleven injuries, all to key players. I understand all to key players. I understand it's six games, and I've said this. I understand that it's six games. You know, yeah, you're going to have lose, more chances. But they lose this one. They're 2-5 and five going, oh, yeah, in, that, going in. And and again, don't get me wrong. The Red, the Red Sox win today. They're 3-5. and five, And that's the team you really have to keep an eye on. Because I, I think the Orioles will eventually they'll come fold down to out. Earth, yeah. they, they, they're kind of like the garbage from Queens. They'll start off hot and then they'll... They'll just fold, right? Right, Big? Yeah, Big Mike's over there laughing, <laughs> laughing over there. But, again, it, it, it's concerning. And I don't right. care. Any Yankee fan that says it's not concerning, they're, they're just oblivious or, or they're being naive, okay? Because this is concerning. When, when, when you have this many injuries, I, f- I feel like the Yankees have all the Mets uh, trainers and doctors in the back. Oh, yeah, this that's is, our show. What, have <laughs> I, I've been saying. This if, doesn't happen to the Yankees. It feels like Ray Ramirez is standing on, on the on the roof of an apartment building across the street from Yankee Stadium with a sniper and rifle. Just picking and he's just picking and choosing who he wants to take down. He's going to leave Aaron Judge for last because he knows that's the one that's going to hurt the most. Yeah, come in the middle of the season yeah. is when he's going to pick him off and he's going to be out for another 20 games. It, it literally feels that way. Games. It, listen, I get it. It's six games, seven games in. I understand that. The injuries are, are, are really concerning at the clip that they are, that they are happening. And we said it before. There, there is no Miguel such Anahar thing. is going to be out for the season. There is no such thing as, as necess- necessarily a must-win game, but today is one of those days where you have to go out there and you need to win the game. You didn't start off right. James you're down 3-0 after the really first inning. Are you really going to tell me in the first inning of the game you're going to throw a pass ball and have a balk and cost your team runs? Like, come on, man. Like, I, 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 I love people that are like, oh, James Paxson, yeah, he was 10-9, and 9, but his numbers were so great. It, it, it don't matter what his numbers are in, in Seattle or whatever. When you come to New York, it's a different breed. Okay, when you come to the Yankees, it's a different breed. It's a different animal. It, it really is. It's a hundred percent. And I'm going to tell you, as a Yankee fan, I am very concerned. Big so Mike. scale from one to ten, because you were at what five? Yeah, I was at a five. You, you were at a five. Six. Well, Which, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to I'm going to break it down for you. 
Don't know when CC Sabathia is coming back. Well, they said he was coming back next week. They they, they did say you that. still don't know what you're going to get out no, of him because that, that he's going to understand. He's going to have to go rehab down at AAA that for for a week for at least a start or two. That I so get. I'm not even considering CC for another three weeks. Okay. Okay, give or take another three sure. weeks because he comes back again. He's going to need that off season uh, that he didn't get. They he's did going to need it. They did say yeah, late April, gonna, early May. That he's they, he's going to have to pitch. Yes. He's going to have to pitch down at AAA. Yes, uh, Luis Severino, you don't know when you're when he's coming back. Absolutely. And trust me, let me tell you, I'm dealing with a shoulder injury now, and rotator cuff and labrum. If it's a labrum, forget about it. Okay. Forget about it. He's done for the season. Just like Miguel Andahar, done for the season. Didi, not coming back till after All-Star break. Troy mm-hmm. Tulowitzki, now whatever. He was an insurance policy. He's out, but he was starting. Yeah. So that's six. You don't know when Batances is coming back. Mm-hmm. Chapman isn't throwing like he normally does, but he doesn't usually do that till it gets warmer out anyway. So I don't even consider that. You look at these guys, it adds up. Okay? Mm-hmm. And if you want me a number on a 1 to 10, I'm going to go 8.5. Okay. Eight and a half. Very, very, very concerning. Maybe a nine. Very, very concerning right now for the New York Yankees going forward, especially if they lose this series to the Orioles. If they lose this I series this, to this the year, Orioles, they, they're going to be in a whole lot of because trouble. Because going into this series, the next one is the Boston Red Sox. Yep. But you, uh, yes, yes. But you want to know what I really, 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 no, Houston is next on, on three. Then they come home. True, 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 true. And then true. they come right, home right. for two against guess, the Boston yeah, Red Sox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You want to know what I really hope, though, is Aaron Boone gets fired ASAP. Greg Bird, first plane in North Korea and not coming back. Okay? Those <laughs> I two. I see that one happening before Aaron Boone gets fired. Those two. <laughs> I, 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 trust me, as a Yankee fan, I can't stand. But I just wanted to give you my two cents because Pun Master over here really incensed me. And I like that. I kind of have a habit of doing that. He, he, but it's all out of love, and I, yes, and I understand. Absolutely. But it is concerning as a, as a Yankee fan after seven games. And like Mike said, he laughs at people. That gets concerning when you look at everything that's going on. I also on. laugh at the people who get overjoyed. And let me tell you. What do you I, mean? That's every garbage from Queens fan. I know, and they most of them annoy me. Unless your last most, you mean ninety nine percent of them. Did you forget that you guys won the World Series after April when you started fourteen and two last year? I, I forgot. I was watching a Seinfeld rerun. <laughs> What but, do you got? What do you got on your show coming up? Do you know? Uh, what am I doing? I'm breaking down the Final Four. Okay. Ooh. Big time today, breaking down the Final Four, talking about the New York Yankees. I really don't want to talk about the garbage from Queens, but they're they're about to lose to the Nationals, so I'm probably going to make fun of them and talk about them. Uh, maybe I'll talk a little Kevin Durant. I mean, I don't think it's a done deal. We've seen funnier things happen in basketball, so I might talk about that. Um, the New Jerseys and the NFL are just god awful. Then oh, the Jets are coming out with their jersey today. So god awful. I'm actually. When, when, Hopefully, when hoping see, it's not the when ones you, that we saw did, yesterday. Uh, oh. I was going to say, the ones you see. <laughs> the uh, ones from yesterday seen, were gross. Or yeah. all, all over social media. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're disgusting. That's what I'm not, saying. I hope it's not that one. They're disgusting. But we'll, we'll, we'll see what today brings. I'm, I'm going to just really break down the final four. I'm going to get into in-depth because that's what uh, Speedy and I like to do. Cool. So I, I heard Speedy's rooting for Virginia pretty big. Oh, God, don't don't say that to him. Don't say that to him. <laughs> oh, he's putting down large amounts. <laughs> you, you want you want to talk about someone that hates a team? <laughs> I've never seen someone hate a team more than Speedy, especially hates a the college Virginia basketball Cavaliers. team. That way. <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. Well, Duke, I, I hate well, Duke, Duke yeah. more than anything in this but world. He has some sort of different type of hate for Virginia. He, yeah, he hates it's Virginia. It, it's it's really really extremely tough to like. It's concerning. <laughs> I, I I just shake my head at him, and I can't wait because I'm actually gonna 
just to rile him up, I'm going to compliment Virginia, and I'm just going to go <laughs> at him today. Uh, here every we go. Which we got to stay tuned for that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but. Well, well, look at Virginia, man. They got a hunter. They got the guy. They got everything out. They got it going on. They got a hunter and a guy, he said. (laughs) They got it going (laughs) on. (laughs) Pun master. You're good, you. Matty Caps, thanks for for coming on. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Uh, (laughs) That does it for us here today, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, same time as always, 2 to 4 p.m. here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. As we said, coming up next, Matty Caps during a long show with Speedy Pity as they get ready to break down the final four of the NCAA men's tournament. Yankees talk, Knicks talk possibly, but definitely Virginia Cavaliers talk. <laughs> <laughs> but for uh, Maddie Cavs and our producer, Big Mike Griffin, I'm Renee Canales. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you guys tomorrow. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio.